You're listening to Real Presence Live. Now, back to more inspirational and uplifting stories and a look at the extraordinary things happening in our local area. Heard right here on the RPR Network. And welcome back. I'm Heather Carroll. And I'm Father Christopher Calls. And thank you for joining us this morning. We're broadcasting today from Our Lady of Guadalupe Parish in Sioux Falls, South Dakota. And We've talked about Father Christopher Cowell's looks a couple times. I shouldn't say we. I have talked about his looks a couple times today. If you wanted to see what he looks like, you can go to our Facebook page. Yeah, they have a picture there. One, it's a little older. It, I, it wasn't as trimmed in that one. But supposedly there's a comment on Facebook says that I have an epic beard. It is which, epic. Whoever said that, thank you In that much. picture, it had its own personality. Yeah, well, it does. It, it does. could have its own zip code. Sometimes it eats my food before I get the chance to. So. <laughs> well, we're heading over to Rapid City now. We've got Deacon Greg Sass on the line. Good morning, Deacon. How are you? Good, mor- good morning. I'm doing well. And, and I'm growing my w- winter beard out, too. So, uh, Father you? Chris, you're not the only one with a beard. Excellent, Deacon. <laughs> Excellent. We need more bearded clergy in the church. Yeah. I was I was told I look like... Like Santa Claus, so uh, hey, of, uh, Saint Nicholas just coming up in time. That's perfect. No, that's coming up just in a few days. Yeah. Awesome. Well, you have a special story. Um, we don't have a ton of time, so I want to kind of jump right into it, Deacon Greg, if right. that's okay with you. Yep. Um, you have an interesting story to share about your son and daughter-in-law and a, an experience that they recently had. So let's start. Where does the story first begin with them? Well. Well, I, I've got to go back to actually their marriage, um, their wedding, because they were supposed to get married, and Winter Storm Atlas happened, and so there ended up, a lot of their family friends didn't get here, and their wedding ended up being delayed a day, and but it went off, they got married, and everything went fine, and about a year later, uh, Emily gets, our daughter-in-law gets diagnosed with cancer. Oh, uh, it's an, an aggressive form of cancer, but with chemo and surgery and radiation, and a little, little less than a year or so, she identified she's cured. She's and uh, so things have been good from that perspective, but it leaves her unable to have children. So mm-hmm. after they get the, they wait the required period of time, they end up starting the adoption process, and in about it was about eight months later, they do adopt a uh, a son. And they're actually uh, at a visit with one of the birth parents, but they wanted to have that relationship with the birth parents. Mm-hmm. And so they're doing a visit, and they walk in to the place uh, where, where the meeting was, and the social workers, as holding a baby, an infant, and asked whether their son needed a little sister. Oh, they didn't hesitate gosh. at all. They immediately said yes. And, uh, again, with adoption, there's a lot of paperwork, a lot of process you have to go through. Well, and I think, too, it's important, you know, if I can interrupt, is mm-hmm. to say that going through the adoption process is also a very arduous and yes. difficult thing to do. Yeah. It's a yeah. lot of work, and it's very emotional. Mm-hmm. Yes. And so, you know, even though they'd already done it with, with their, you know, with the adoption of their son, they still go through basically all the same process again. Mm-hmm. Because it, that's only good for like a year. So the, the background checks, the references, the medical, all those things, the training, all has to be done. Mm-hmm. And so they're scrambling going through all these things uh, because it's just a matter of once that gets done, the background gets completed, uh, then they can proceed. And, and uh, so they turn in the paperwork, and about a week later, they get called that they're approved. Uh, they can come and pick up their uh, uh, their daughter. 
Well, and, and let's put a perspective on it. How much time did they have? Did they know about, you know... Uh, it was about, from when they found out until they actually picked her up, it was about eight days. Wow. They had to and fill that, out all that paperwork in eight days? Wow. Uh, well, they actually had all their training and paperwork done in about two days. <laughs> wow. uh, but they have to turn it in, and then it has to be processed by the adoption agency uh, before they can do that. But, yeah, they're making phone calls. They're getting, you know, all the letters of references, you know, all their friends that are and their coworkers that are references. They're just all excited. So they're all immediately replying to their emails, and they're looking for information. Uh, I mean, even found a found a uh, sheriff's office open on a Sunday or on a holiday to go get the fingerprints because that's required. Wow. And that's not something normally you can even do. There's just yeah. there are many places you think about fingerprints, not a big deal. It is. It's, it, it's a difficult thing. Mm-hmm. But they get, anyway, they end up picking up their, their daughter and they're just, you know, all excited. They're, you know, friends. You know, we got them a lot of stuff because now you need, you know, baby girl clothes, you need diapers, you need formula, you need all these things. Well, most of us have nine months, nine and a half, ten months to plan this. Exactly, exactly. And even though they had one, you know, they have a son, he's now, you know, older, so they don't have any of those things, uh, especially for a girl. And so they do all those things. And once they pick her up... um, they, again, they wanted to have this relationship with the adoption, uh, uh, with the birth parents. And so they had gotten a call. They, the adoption agency had finally located the uh, the birth dad. He was out of state. And, and, yep, whatever the mom wants to do is all, you know, what he wants to do. And, and so they had arranged to have a phone call conversation uh, with him through the social worker. And so uh, the call was supposed to happen on a Monday morning. And... The call instead comes from the social worker. And, mm. okay, what's this? And the birth dad from the night before until that morning had changed his mind. Wow. He wanted to raise her. And so subsequently, you can imagine, it's difficult mm. for, well, as you can hear, not just for my son and his wife, but even for us. And yeah. so they're going through all this, you know, don't know anything about him, you know, you know, just immediately all these concerns, we just tend to think of these very negative things. Mm-hmm. And so that's kind of a, a normal human reaction. And finally, my son, again, we wanted to be there with them. But our son finally said, can you come? So we went, drove, uh, they live about five hours away. Um, we get there, again, everything's. At this point, by the time we get there, it's about three days after they find out. They're in pretty good spirits, and oh, okay. And uh, and the arrangement was for that Saturday morning, the social worker was going to come and and begin the exchange process. And so uh, uh, that that Friday night, um, they start packing up her things, the clothes she had gotten, the diapers, the formula, the blankets. They packed up all those things because they realized it wasn't a gift for them. It was a gift for her. Exactly. And those things needed to go with her. And so they did send all those things uh, that Saturday morning with the uh, social worker. And, uh, and subsequently they'd find out, uh, they heard from the, from the birth dad and, uh, and his family, that they were so appreciative 
that they thought about all those things because they didn't have any of those things. Mm-hmm. Uh, and they needed all those things. And it was just, again, uh, again, social workers said they were just overwhelmed by my son and his wife's generosity of passing all those things that they had received for her to them uh, and sent them with, uh, uh, with her. And so it was just, uh, just a sense of generosity that they had uh, at this time. It's a difficult time, yet they recognize that no matter what, you know, whenever you have a child, no matter how long you have a child, that that is a gift from God, and that everything we get, we need to be thinking about that generosity, and we need to uh, pass on that generosity to others. Uh, because, again, even the people's generosity to them, it wasn't for them, it was as a gift to her, and it needed mm-hmm. to go uh, to where she was at. Wow, that's beautiful. That's such a wonderful story. In a sense, I'm, I'm sure that part of their heart was aching in the midst of that process, but... Um, I mean, have they always been this generous of a couple? Well, I, I think it goes back to just their entire marriage life, where it started with a winter storm preventing them from having the wedding they had been planning all this time. And it's just, and I think it's just that combination uh, at the time of uh, they, uh, buddy, after they got started working, uh, after they got married. Our uh, our daughter-in-law started to work where our son does, which is that uh, Boys and Girls Club. And so they're just around kids all the time that need help. Uh, there are so many families that are broken that just need that help. And so they experience that on a regular basis, just with the kids that they dealt with, on a, you know, every day. And they see the broken families. They see the brokenness. And if they can do something to put a smile on, on anyone's face, but especially a child's, that's just what you need to do, and and they do that very, uh, they do that very well. Wow. Well, and it goes to show that you know you can plan your life all you want, but God, you know, in the end, you have to just kind of follow His path. Yeah. Yep. Unexpected well, and that was one, that was one of the things that uh, our daughter had actually had said was this isn't the right time for us to be having another child because she was also going to school at the same time, and but. But that's not what that wasn't God's plan. That was God's plan for them to be potential adoptive parents again, uh, and yet it ended up being just a short time. Uh, and yet they gave that child so much love, uh, you know, because that's God's gift to us. He loves us unimaginably, enormously amounts that we can't imagine it, and they pass that love on to that child for that period of time that they were uh, she was with them. Well, I'm guessing because of the relationship they established with this family and their generosity, they might continue to maintain contact. But um, no, they they have not, and and uh, and that's you know they did find out that uh, they did find out that just like in their family, you know, uh, she would have had an older brother. He does, uh, she does have another older brother, uh, and so with that, we did find out just some basic information. Um, uh, that did get provided to us that, you know, she's in a good spot. Uh, and we just continue to pray for her every day, uh, yet, because the first time I picked her up and put her in my arms, she was my granddaughter. Aww. I bet she was. Well, and thank she still you is. so much. Thank you so much, Deacon, for sharing that beautiful story. You bet. 
And it's pretty exciting to know that she'll have so many people thinking and praying for her. Yep. That's wonderful. Well, thank you so much, Deacon. And it must be a good testament to a good father. Well, I, I hope I set the right example. <laughs> uh, but, uh, you know, again, I think you do see as a parent, you see how you live your life reflected in how your kids live their life. And so uh, hopefully that was a good uh, somewhere along the line, we had some influence on that, and we had a good uh, set a good example for them. All right, perfect. Well, thank, thank you, you so much, much, Deacon. You bet. All right, folks. Well, that is the end of the show. I can't believe it, Father. Oh, I know. I'm going to come back though. <laughs> so <laughs> you just wait. Thank you for letting us come in and broadcast this morning from Our Lady of Guadalupe. Thank you for letting me be here. It's been such a joy, and I will say an epic show. That seems to be the word of the day. Epic well, it's, beard, you talk epic about epic show. beards, and you're like, is it an epic show? I don't know. And the thing is, we never got the chance to talk about my strange hobbies. You don't oh, know about any of these, do well, you? I'm just going to have to come back. That I throw tomahawks, and that I make chainmail armor, and that I've taught many youth groups actually how to throw tomahawks. Don't tell Catholic. Well, now um, you're just trying mutual. to make me look boring. Yeah, well, maybe. <laughs> Maybe. Well, if, if you're going to wear the flannel shirt, you've got to be able to throw, too. You totally can. You're so Mr. Brawny, man. I totally, yes. So, And I wanted to do a quick shout-out that um, we're at Our Lady Guadalupe, Spanish-speaking parish here in Sioux Falls. We have three Spanish-speaking um, radio, radio stations, stations 104.3 here in Sioux Falls. There's also one in Williston and Bismarck, so spread the word. They exist. Spanish-speaking EWTN. Yes. Father, will you part us with a quick blessing? Be glad to. Lord God, our Heavenly Father, we ask that you bless all those in this listening area, all those who constantly give it their time, their energy, and their prayers. And we ask that you bless each of them this day. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. This has been Real Presence Live on the Real Presence Radio Network. Real Presence Live brings you inspirational stories of faith and a look at the good and holy things happening in our local area. Weekday mornings from 9 to 11 Central. Tune in for an encore of each show beginning Saturday morning at 6. Get the podcast any time of day or night at yourcatholicradiostation.com or on the Real Presence radio app. And remember, you can be a part of the conversation through Facebook and Twitter. Real Presence Live, local, engaging, and live on the Real Presence Radio Network.